If you love the idea of mindful eating and healthy living, join me, Izal Hoffman, lifestyle chef, food editor, and author, as we explore ways of achieving health and balance. So guys, very excited in studio today. We are talking mindful eating. Today we're going to focus on health, wellness and a little bit of longevity because uh, my guest that I've got in studio for you guys today is in fact Carl Taylor. Now he's a personal trainer with 18 years of experience, sports specific trainer he claims to be and he also believes that exercise is medicine. Now Carl, I would love to know a little bit more about that but welcome in studio. Thank you, thank you. Happy to be here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and some background. I've been in the industry for 18 years. I learned a lot along the way. Certainly changed my approach from uh, the early sort of adolescent years of what I thought personal training needs to be or what it is. And yeah, I mean, I've kind of tried to diversify myself over all the years with regards to progressing out of just the typical like weight training to build muscle for guys and the typical just weight loss for ladies. Then that's kind of why I brought in exercise medicine and the sports-specific training. Kind of just like I said, try to diversify to the point where I can cover whatever your goal is. So you wouldn't come to me just to build muscle and lose weight. I mean, ultimately, it would be a, a lifelong um, commitment to have a healthier approach to living. And I think ultimately, that's um, I'd like to think I'm on the right track with what <laughs> I do with my clients and, and yeah. potential new ones. But um, yeah, that's kind of it and with a quite a large sporting background I kind of adopted that approach to what I do as a living and um, that's why it's my passion because sport was always my passion in my head I was going to be a pro sportsman yeah and um, with that not happening I kind of just took everything from hard work dedication and all the things that one would require to be at the top of your sort of uh, game and um, try and part that not only the knowledge but the work ethic onto my clients as well Okay, I really do like that. You know, for me, mindful living is more than what meets the eye. It's an awareness and appreciation that nourishes not only your body, but also our spirit. But it's who you spend your time with. It's where you spend your time. It's what you listen to. And it's what you read. It's what you think about when you're alone. Now, does that leave you happy and grateful or bleak and depressed? Now, Carl, what does mindful living mean to you? Look, I mean, ultimately, I think what we need to be searching for in life is the reason why we're here, you know, and mindful living is that we do everything with intention. And I'm not just specifically leaning towards exercise. And of course, our training movement and exercise needs to be intentional so that we ultimately reach our goal for what we set out. I mean, if you've got no intention, you're ultimately never going to actually reach what you need to or what you would like to. Yes. Having said that, I kind of have over the last probably two years tried and haven't mastered it yet, but try to get into uh, meditation and just, um, again, setting intention for the day, you know, start the day like that. Like I said, I don't always get it right, but I, I, I'd like to think that that ultimately is what sets the plan for the day so that you can complete the day with intention, clear your mind, think positive thoughts. So ultimately, today's going to be successful. Today, I'm going to see more clients. Today, I'm going to do well. Today, I'm going to make more money. You know, all those kind of things that ultimately, I mean, money makes the world go around. So although we're all doing this for our passion, we need to pay the bills. And if you're doing what you love, then like you always say, you never work a day in your life. And you know, ultimately, every job comes with its pros and its cons. But um if you love what you do, ultimately, it's going to just filter over into the people in your life that, you, that you're trying to affect. Yes, let's talk a little bit about that. I mean, I do feel it's quite important to love what you do. Let's just be honest. Um, then you don't have to fake that smile when you walk in the door in the morning exactly. and you still have eight hours at work left. And um, I find a lot of people, you know, is often in a position where they 
they work for the paycheck and you did say it's important but sure if you look at the amount of hours and days and years you're going to be spending at work as a total you might as well enjoy it a little bit yeah absolutely i mean it's actually interesting yeah i was telling you offline about off off, off air rather about that uh, guy on instagram and he actually said yesterday it was so funny in line with what we're talk, talking about now that he's like a lot of people go to jobs that they absolutely hate but they're really good at it and so ultimately they're just churning the days out and they're really good at what they do but they hate it and what he was saying is like don't be scared to to try something you love because if you're good at something you hate imagine how good you will be at something you love yeah you know, so take that plunge and that's really sort of hit like a, a nerve over the last couple of days with me you know it's mm-hmm. like just jump out that comfort zone because I'm, I'm i'm not one of those that do you know i typically yeah. like my comfort zone i don't like the the risks but i mean i i couldn't ignore what he said there you know yeah. if you do something you love how good will you be at it if you're actually pretty good at something you hate <laughs> that we do daily you but know but now i'm going to have to challenge you on there what he said because you don't think that's also got a lot to do with mindset i mean i i'm a firm believer happiness is a mindset and it's a choice so if you wake up in the morning and you know you're good at something and if you keep doing what you're good at you're getting a good paycheck at the end of the day so if you change your mindset with regards to the job you're already doing because you focus on the reasons you are doing it maybe the whole situation is going to change a little bit for you don't you think Well, absolutely. I mean, I guess that again lends towards that setting intention. You know, if you're going to wake up daily in a sort of a bad mindset or a bad frame of mind where you're like, oh, I hate this, I don't enjoy this, then ultimately the day is never going to be successful. So it's all about your intention needs to be positive. And that's exactly it, you know. So yes, you might hate sitting in that corporate job nine to five, but it is what you make of it, you know. So ultimately, I will probably always still lean towards what we've spoken about and doing what you love but yeah yeah, absolutely i mean we can all make a success of anything even i mean if you have an argument with someone and you choose to be angry for three days you are making that choice to stay angry (laughs) or give them a little bit of silent treatment and time to think about what they said right but ultimately (laughs) it's like that choosing to stay angry or choosing to stay upset or choosing it's a choice you Mm -hmm. can choose to be happy it's it's a 100 percent a choice you know and that goes the same for our work and and our passion and everything we do it's a choice everything is a choice and we make that choice daily yeah. Probably multiple times a day. And, you know, we're talking about choices here. But again, you know, we bring it back to mindful living because people, to be mindful about your life and every day, it is about living in the moment and being aware of every single moment of every day. I do also find a lot of people almost live in autopilot, right? It's just like they're in such a fixed routine. Everything just goes the way it's supposed to, but they forget to live. And I I so often go to concerts. I mean, we're talking obviously pre-COVID here, and everyone is so busy taking photos and focusing on recording the whole song on their phone that they actually forget to enjoy the moment and take that in. And I think that's also quite important. Absolutely. I mean, it's like... um I'm kind of always like trying to tell our little ones, you know, like stop chasing the next thing that's about to come, you know, like if we're on a holiday, for example, or even something simple like the movies, enjoy the moment for what we're doing. And I'm actually a big advocate of that. And I probably go blue in the face trying to continue to say that to the little <laughs> yeah. ones. But I mean, I'm always saying stop chasing the next thing, you know, because you're losing out on what we're actually doing here. You know, the next thing will come and we will plan it as and when we need to. But if you're going to be chasing something and, and obviously it's about setting goals, of course, we always want to be chasing 
something more which is better and i'm all for that but if you're doing that while you actually should be enjoying something currently you're going to lose out totally and you'll think back you you won't even remember any of those moments you know so i totally agree with you and like i'm I'm a big advocate of that like stay in the moment start planning the next thing while you're in that have your goals write them down set them out but enjoy each moment for what it is because ultimately that moment won't come back 100%. You know, you won't get to do that again. So if we had to draw that back to uh, a training session with you in the gym, I always say to people, exercise should not be punishment. It should be a celebration of what your body is capable of. And again, that's also mindset. I mean, if you book that training session or that hour to go sweat it out, you can do it with a positive or a negative mindset. I always say the glass is half, but you're going to have to decide if it's half full mm. or half empty. Mm. No, absolutely. Listen, and I mean, I've got a whole sort of a broad spectrum of clients that I'll maybe say, okay, right, we're doing burpees and I'll get a, oh, you can't be serious. Like, seriously. <laughs> but seriously, burpees, and, and, come and, on. Okay, maybe that's a bad example because everyone hates them. But I mean, I'll, yeah. you know, you're going to get those clients that always do that. And I kind of also had to get to the place where I understand that not everyone loves it's the same way. Yeah. But having said that, I mean, then I got some clients that I'll give them the example, like, okay, cool. And they move on because they understand they are there by choice. Yes. And I'm not forcing them to be there. So if they're there by choice, they can enjoy the session as much as they allow themselves to enjoy the session. Mm. Obviously, within reason, depending how hard I'm pushing them. I mean, I don't think there's a very small demographic, which are probably the pro sportsmen that, that enjoy pushing their bodies to the absolute you know, limits. For the most part, if you're there, you're there by choice and, and you know, you, you can enjoy the session or you can absolutely hate it. Yeah. You know? So I was born with congenital hip dysplasia. I've had 14 hip operations to date. And um, you know what? Throughout the years, I always keep telling myself, always do your best. Your best is not always going to be the same though. But as long as you always do your best, you're never going to be disappointed in yourself. And if you're not disappointed in yourself, you don't have that negative mindset towards yourself because you know what I've especially during COVID realized us as human beings forgot how to love ourselves we're so focused on what everything is out there and the people in our lives but we need to come first and I'm not saying that to be selfish but self-care and self-love really does go hand in hand you can't be the best version of yourself for other people if you're not happy on the inside it's like you can't overflow from an empty cup. Mm. Absolutely. And how, how do you give anything to anyone, and especially your loved ones, if you yourself aren't like that? And listen, I, I have the devil on the shoulder and the angel on the other side because I'm very guilty of that. I mean, yeah. one thing I know about myself, I, I give and give and give and give. And on one side, I see it as an amazing quality, but I, I, I probably tend to wear myself quite thin and then get to the place where if I don't get that same reciprocity from whoever I'm giving that to, then I feel a bit begrudged. But Mm. ultimately, I can't blame that other person. That's on me, you know, because people are not going to do back to you what you necessarily do to them or give them or do for them, you know. So, yes, I have to agree with you. Again, that's probably an area I'm not so good at is is the self-care, the self-love, take the time out. I struggle to say no to people. So if someone asks me, I will will always say yes, always. Yes, man. And and then regret it afterwards (laughs) on some level, you know. Um, And I've also had to, I guess, with maturity and, and time and probably age, just learn that that saying no there's nothing wrong with it sometimes if, if you know it's not gonna i don't want to say benefit you because it's not about that it is about giving back which is what we all will touch on but i mean ultimately yeah it's like when you're in an airplane you have to put your own mask on before you can help anyone else 
So if you start going around and putting on your child and all over and you pass out, you, you're no help to anyone, you know. So ultimately, you, it does need to start with you. And Mental health is quite a big thing at the moment. And, you know, from my side, I'm all for eating healthy and eat yourself back to health. And, you know, from your side is movement is medicine. But there is also like a third leg in this whole approach, and that is the mindset element. And especially, you know, during COVID, after COVID, you know, if you talk to people, so often they say, if you ask them, how's things going? No, it's okay. And then they start complaining, you know, where previously you like, so how's things going? All good in yourself. And often I always used to say, or used to think actually, that a lot of people just say that out of habit. Mm. And then I've realized, but, you know, I think during the course of COVID, a lot of people became more aware of where they are at in life. And that's why they're more brutally honest in a way. But it is our uh, responsibility to work on our mindsets. And yes, we have to choose to be happy and always make the best of every moment. But with that being said, you need to be the difference you want to see in the world. Now, you're also quite passionate about youth developments and stuff like that. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Where do I start? Um, <laughs> At the I, beginning, I, I, Carl. I think, I think ultimately, I mean, I think it all stems from from my passion for sport and, and what my initial plan was in, in certainly my heart and my head to, you know, end up being a professional sportsman. And I think when I got to the place where I realized that that was not going to happen, I kind of started with like sports coaching in the schools and went back to my school. And that was always, I mean, in those days I was a student coach. I mean, and they didn't, they didn't pay much. But for me at that stage, it was just like I loved the game so much and the sport so much that it was my way to give back um, and ultimately impart the knowledge that I, that I believed that I had that could benefit you know, the kids that could potentially do better than, than, than I ended up doing or, or, or going further. So giving back was exactly that, you know. It was never there to meet the kids. I love working with children. Um, it's one of my things. It's just, mm. I just, it, it really, it's, it's something that's so fulfilling, you know. So having started with the sport coaching, and I did that for about 10 years, I then also realized like personal training doesn't have to be for adults that want to lose weight, you know, ultimately. And that's where I had to start broadening my horizons because initially I always, always like that, oh, get people into shape. That's all what it's about, you know. And then so started bringing kids on as child development and for lack of a better term, probably a personal trainer in the same sense as an occupational therapist that works with kids. And so very often I ended up training families where I was training the mom for this and the dad for that and the child on OT levels. And um, yeah, the longer I started working with kids, the more I actually realized how well I work with them. Because if you as a parent instruct a child to do something, they're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it, but true. if they hear it from me, it's ultimately it's the gospel. And I don't know yeah. why it's like that, but they, they tend to listen to strangers more than their parents. And I mean, ultimately, I saw how much or how Especially much better the results. Especially coaches, right? Absolutely. Because it, it, I guess on some level, it holds like a mentor role or it holds like a role model role. Mm. Wow, he's a big guy. He's a sporty guy. He's this. He knows yeah. more than my dad. He knows more than my mom so they, they tend to listen yeah. and all I'm really probably doing is regurgitating the same thing their parents have been trying to do and tell them all the years but you know I ultimately learned what an important role a coach can have in a child's development. No 100% and from that perspective I always try and encourage people to get children involved in the kitchen you know to eat healthy and to put your health first should also not be a chore. I don't know why children always think to eat their vegetables is such a you know sob story oh this is such a chore but what treat can i get afterwards and i do feel in a way in a big way in fact you know parents and counselors and teachers and coaches like yourself play such a big role there you need to encourage children to eat more healthier and you know have healthier habits because 
to be optimally healthy, of course, is going to eliminate a lot of stress factors and illnesses later on throughout their life. So they might as well start good habits when they are young. I don't expect everyone to have a vegetable garden at home, but children tend to eat vegetables when they understand the growing process and it's from the garden and they planted that carrot. So they're so excited to you know, finally cook it and eat it, opposed to children that... There's just a carrot on the plate and why should they eat it? Because it's vegetables. So your thoughts a little bit about that? And do you actually hopefully also teach that? Listen, absolutely. I mean, it's the one thing that would probably put most uh, personal trainers out of business. If I say it's not all about the exercise, it's about the input, you yeah. know, and which is, is um, what is edible and what we're eating. So, yes, it goes without saying. I guess we need to teach kids good habits from young, but... When they formulate their own opinions, you can't make anyone do anything they don't want to do. You know, that penny needs to drop for that person. And I've seen it with all my clients over the years. I can nag them till I'm blue in the face. But they, if they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. You know, <laughs> and I'm nagging. How's your diet going? How are you doing with this? Did you do your cardio? You know, and so ultimately, I know if they're not doing it because I can see straight away. But we're also always trying to punt eating well with our kids, limiting the sugar. And I mean, ultimately, we... The word diabetes is thrown around a million times and that's, I guess, most yeah. probably the most dangerous in inverted commas that people either know of or know about. But there's many things from inflammation to, to various things that bad diets actually cause. And I mean, I'm a big advocate of trying to get kids to eat healthy, you know, and mm-hmm. just form that habit. And that's not to say don't live, don't have those sweets at the party, don't have the cake. It's not about yeah. that, of course, you know, but if you're setting a base where 85 or 90% of the time that they understand that the good food, like you say, it's not, it's not punishment. Mm. It's what's good for them. Yes. You know, then ultimately I think we, we're doing well. Yeah, especially if they can relate that to back to exercise again. Exercise is also not a punishment. You know, to eat healthy is not a punishment. And, you know, in my family as well, my sister's got a little one. And, and I realize it's so hard. You can't always say to, no, don't eat that little sweet or don't eat too much of that. But I always tell parents, if you can, like you say, get the base right. You know, even if you can't plant your vegetable garden at home, let your child go to the store with you and choose the vegetable he or she would like to eat tonight. Because then it you do put the choice in their hand. And because they picked it off the shelf, they're most probably going to eat it because it's it's the one they chose. Oh, yeah. So, And yes, still have your treats, but just have that base of good nutrients right. You know, your child can't just be eating sugar and sweets the whole day. Mm. And so quickly especially hardworking and busy parents with not a lot of time fall into that trap because I mean from the breakfast cereals to everything that you pack in a snack box I mean it's loaded with all the wrong stuff and uh, I do feel it's parents responsibility to put that time and a little bit of effort in their own health as well as their children's health by buying the right things to stock the pantry with because think about it if you have all the right stuff at home it's a lot easier to eat the right stuff but if your pantry is full of all the wrong stuff then by default, when you're hungry, you're going to start snacking on all the wrong stuff as well. Now, let's talk about quinoa quickly. Um, a lot of vegans and vegetarians love quinoa. I'm not vegan nor vegetarian. I do eat meat, but I'm such a big fan of quinoa because it's a complete plant-based protein. contains all nine essential amino acids um, that you find in meat, which uh, is, of course, so great, but they're loaded in fiber as well. And it makes a phenomenal base for majority of other add-ons that you would like to add to the meal, whether it's a lunch or a dinner. And I also love adding this as my grain to the dinner table. Where I come from, in the sense of, you know, approaching food, it's all about maintaining a good 
health and lifestyle all the time and for that reason i always tell people if you try not to like add on the kilos try and keep the carbs up until lunchtime you know and that's why you don't always want to exclude the grains which is your rices or your pastas or anything else on the plate but quinoa is such a great sort of substitute for that but yes you should give us your option and choice of recipe in mindful eating you don't make it easy with all these amazing options but i mean i I guess i'd probably lean towards and don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a huge red meat fan. I'm, I think like most South African men, we just uh, we love red meat. But we try to kind of limit how much red meat we eat. I mean, I typically would always choose that when I go out because I know I don't eat it at home that much. So for yeah. me, that's the treat, you know, but I absolutely love it. I would eat it seven days a week if uh, if there were no health implications around that. But yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess that's probably why I would choose one of your chicken bakes be or, or chicken meals or recipes. Yeah, purely because, mm. you know, the amino acid profile in chicken is great. Whether I'm dieting a client down or up, you know, all I need to do is, is change the chicken quantity and they, they can both bulk on a chicken and be like in a deficit and cut on chicken because it's such a lean protein. Yeah. And the nice thing is you don't always have to boil those chicken breasts or, or dry fry them. You know, I can see your... your, your, your <laughs> yes, you, please not. <laughs> you're kind of the exact opposite of a lot of the ways I ended up probably when I was younger dieting for, for what I thought I needed to for results. You know, yeah. plain, dry, no flavor. And I always link that to like extra calories and I can't track the calories because it's got the sauce and the this and the that. And ultimately, I mean, I guess that's also with maturity and, and knowledge and maybe a little bit of ignorance where you think you just need to eat it plain for it to be lean. Yeah. So, you know, for me, if you really want to steam and eat all that dry kinds of sad looking food, because really it does not look very appealing. I'm sure the people that compete for fitness shows that need to go stand on a stage and really open themselves up to being criticized on where they could have done more improvements on their body. I'm sure there's a time and a place for diets like that. But for someone like me that strives to be the healthiest and best version of myself at all times, I just want to eat good food all the time. And I do believe that if you eat tasty, um, nourishing food, you're not really going to be craving all the funny things that majority of people out there is craving all the time. I'll take your word for that. And I'll tell you why I say that. Um, The way I diet a lot of my clients is um, I typically always make their meal plans and their diets low GI. So, you know, I'm always going to say to them, I'll I'll map out a meal plan for them. And I'll say, guys, listen, I'm not master chef. Okay. So Mm. however you want to prep it, that's entirely up to you. So if I give you 200 grams of chicken, I don't care if you bake it, boil it, air fry it, spice it, whatever. It's entirely up to you. You don't have to make it plain and boring, but don't expect me to put a recipe together for you because ultimately you're needing me to track your calories and map out your calories. Yeah. You can change it as much as you like and make it as enjoyable as you like that you know you will stick to it provided you don't change the calories. Mm. Um, And then I get a lot of them asking, but if I add this, does it change calories if I add that? So, you know, I guess that's where clients and and, and people in general need to learn. But I can go the whole year, one year, two years, 10 years, eating the same thing over and over, plain, bland. Food for me personally, and I need to be honest, it's not a thing for me. So Mm -hmm. if you give me something really fancy, like what I can see in in your book here, I, w- I would absolutely love it. I, w- I would be in my element. But if you gave me something plain, bland and dry, I-, I-, I would enjoy it much the same. And that's why for me personally, it was always easy to diet because I didn't miss the fancy stuff. And I needed to change my approach with clients to realize that not many people can diet like that. You I know? And I need to say... make it sustainable. <laughs> you know, probably yeah. that small demographic along with the fitness pageants, yeah. the fitness shows, male, female, that will eat like that. The mm. most, they won't. Mm. And I needed to change my approach in in so far as going, you can change it from what I give you, make it enjoyable, just stick to the calorie base that I've set for you. Yeah. 
But so. also remember, our audience, in fact, is also more people that just want to overall, you know, be a healthy person every day. And guys out there, and as well as the ladies listening, like, it's it's also just important to understand that there's a time and a place for the kind of diets that Akal is prescribing, if that's the right word, to his clients, because they have a certain goal in place, either to lose their 5 or 10 kilos or to prep for a show, like you were saying. Mm. But if you content with who you are as a person and you really just want to focus on being the healthiest and best version of yourself, yes, educate yourself on good ingredients and make sure that what you are eating is healing for your body. But um, I do think there, there's a time and a place for, for my approach of food as well as your approach of food. And I think, you know, hopefully we can tie together with a little golden thread and say, you know, that is sort the of… The happy medium, yeah. The happy medium, mm. yeah. yeah. And look, and not to misconstrue any of the listeners because ultimately I'm not saying the way that I prep most certainly the people for shows and, and, and for stage. Yeah. I, I'd say 75% of my client base is lifestyle clients. Mm. So they are not the ones that are going to eat like that. So don't for yeah. a second think that like if, if you're under my <laughs> wing with anything, you're going to be eating like that. It's yeah. not about that. Like you said, it's a small demographic. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm always giving the meal plans and the diets and the advice and the nutritional info around the lifestyle that you can sustain. Yes, because it's sustainable. Exactly. You know, and I always say to people, if you start cooking a meal with all the right ingredients, doesn't matter what you make, it's going to end up being a masterpiece (laughs) and Carl um, that's pretty much has come to the end of our session you know as author and motivational speaker Jim Rohn always says take care of your body it's the only place you have to live thank you for sharing so many insight from your side I think it's very important and a lot of things you said is really so true Um, you know to be mindful about how you train when you train what goals you have in place how you approach your family members and people around you I think that is so important so thank you so much for making the time to come and talk to us today it's a pleasure and if I can just touch for two seconds, the exercise is medicine that I have there. It's actually a thing set out by the American Council for Sports Medicine. So that's not okay. my label of yeah. what I do. That's I'm a practitioner for exercises is medicine. And basically what the American Council for Sports Medicine, what they've done is they've daily dosed or minimum dosed the same way you would dose medicine. They've daily or, or minimally dosed exercise. So what they advocate is 30 minutes, three times a week of moderate activity that is considered healthy to get you into a better healthier place so i don't need the clients training five six seven times a week for an hour hour and a half two sessions a day the Mm. minimum dosage for exercise for us to receive the benefits the same way we would try get people off medication yeah 30 minutes three times a week moderate activity not hard that's to keep people moving and that's where we have dosed exercise can be medicine so that's what that actually is well there you go guys you see you don't have to train seven days a week three hours a day to be the healthiest and best version of yourself carl just told you 30 minutes a day three Three times times a week week. moderate activity not not even high intensity so what is moderate exercise just quickly well moderate i mean ultimately like a a walk a brisk walk is Mm -hmm. is considered moderate some form of weight training i would always advocate for bone density especially in in ladies but it's important for guys too but um avoiding osteoporosis or slowing that down should we Mm. say so really any type of activity that will always allow you to operate at a 65 percent percentage heart rate of your max and i always say to clients if you can have a conversation with me while you're doing your thing that's moderate activity and that's all we require as practitioners for exercises medicine that's all the body needs 
Oh, well, there you have it. Yeah, yeah. Phone the neighbor, grab a cup of coffee and go walk around the block. Nice walk. <laughs> and if these listeners out there that really um, would like to know more about your services, give us a punt line there quickly, your social handles and where we can get hold of you. Okay, so um, it's pretty easy. It's Taylor Made Bodies with an underscore between each of the words. So Taylor underscore made underscore bodies. That's on my Instagram. I like the wordplay there. And then, yeah, <laughs> had to use that one somewhere. So, and then I've got my website is uh, kyletaylorfitness.com. I think it'll be covered with those two. Okay, so guys, make notes and write all of that information down and strive to be the healthiest and best version of yourself, of course. It's been an absolute pleasure. And yeah, mindful eating and mindful living is always the key to life. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm Isabel Hoffman. Thanks for joining me as we journey towards mindful living. Find more at jacarandafm.com. Click on Jackpot.